there's a lot of and also in, in general with art becoming more set, like you can sell art better I think there is a lot of pressure on brand and some sort of brand integrity you have to be the same whatever on Instagram you have to be consistent with your beliefs quality of your photos your everything themes, themes. Yeah, you can't be like aesthetic aesthetic yeah but it's no, true Instagram right? is crazy man it's like, crazy these also, days also, also artistic brands and sometimes yeah I lost it <laughs> I lost. I tried to keep track. I was like, I can't. <laughs> but also, the thing you said, like when sometimes you look back at your work and then you are ashamed of it for a while, so you're like, I'm gonna leave this. This is uh, this was not good. Then you look back and you're like, damn, it's nice. And that is because you don't recognize this person. You don't know him or her. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's cool to meet this person because I'm not that person anymore. And you're like, wow, this is like meeting a new person. So I always find that very interesting because you see the difference between you then and you now and you're like literally a different person. That's that's I think that's very fascinating and the fact that you can never really stay integral or the same and that the thing that you did and you shared with other people it captured the way you were and the way they felt about it in that moment. Yeah, and uh, it, I don't know, most of the examples I have anyway are related to music, but yeah. it's like um, Michael Kuanuka is, is a, a soul artist I love, I love him so much. Mm. And he put he puts out uh, the recent record, it's uh, it's loud, it's based on the like uh, 70s, 80s thing, you know, the sound. Mm-hmm. And it's completely different from what he put out before, earlier. Earlier on, it was a, a mellow, soulful sound, and now it comes in with a, a vibrant, very many instruments, like it's loud, you know. And so they're interviewing him and they're asking him, so uh, people were expect, expected to hear something that relates to the previous mm-hmm. album. And he's like, yeah, it was really good to work on that album, and people liked it. And But for him, in his perspective, he thinks that... Uh, that wasn't him, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there was some aspect of him there, but he wasn't fully himself when he was doing previous it. version of yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Like he wasn't fully himself, you know. Mm. And in this record, is he's putting out himself. He's like he's comfortable with his voice. Mm. He's comfortable with his sound. So he's putting out something he's really comfortable with. And to be honest, the first time I heard it, I was like. I don't know how I feel about this. No, you, love it. you know, but when I listened to him and mm-hmm. it's what he was saying, was I got to understand yeah. and, and I got to listen again to the album and I could relate to it. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing like the context, how, how context changes your experience. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, also, but also, it's like knowing a friend, right? So mm. say, if I don't, if you're my friend now and I don't see you for a few years, you'll be different. Mm. And then... It takes effort and willingness to go to some length to get to know the new you. Mm. So I feel like if you're following an artist and then that artist changes eventually, as everyone does. That's why I think that some of the teenage bands like I was listening to, they grew up with me. But that is because I always took the effort to get to know the new them. Like they're my friends, you know? I'll be like, I want to know the new them. Yeah. I want to know what they are like now. And I would get to love them. That's what Sasa is saying. Now he loves this album because he it's his friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he literally wants to know this person. He already got to appreciate That's his personality. personality. 
And then he was like, I want to know how the personality changes. I want to be in touch. I want to still relate. Versus I just want to capture that moment that he did then and just do hell with this person. He's interested in the person and the story he gets to tell and the way he tells it, even if the way changes. So what I think I'm hearing from everyone is that there's no right way to make art there's no right way to <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's Basically. no right way to experience it. And that's fucking okay. But I think it's okay. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think also context adds to the experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think so for, for a singer, like, yeah. so there is, there's a moment where if, if a singer or, or a band, you know, introduces a song and if that introduction lasts too long, mm. it's like, like shut, okay. shut the fuck up like <laughs> but, but but there's also if you find that happy medium that introduction can entirely mm-hmm. transform the experience for the audience it's like you, you can connect it way does. better if there is that the, the right balance of an introduction where you get a sense of what this or a writer like the book i'm reading at the moment yeah. i read um I read backwards, so so I read kind of uh, wow. uh, yeah, <laughs> just read it backwards, backwards. No, 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 I didn't read it backwards. I mean, there, there was there was two books, and they're not necessarily supposed to be read in order, and it, they weren't released and um, to be read in the sequence. But nonetheless, I read the second one, and then went back and read the first one, and in the first one, the author gave some context about himself. And I was like, fuck, I wish I knew this when I was reading the second <laughs> Even though it wasn't, I didn't need it to understand it. But, but it just gave me a completely new experience yeah, of who yeah. am I reading? Who is this? Yeah. And it just, he gave a little bit of background about his, his upbringing and shit yeah. like this. And all of a sudden, the, the, your experience as a consumer is transformed. I mean, uh, it's, I don't know. I'm reading this book for, from uh, Nicole Brazan. I've been reading it for like a month. Because, man, she uses... First of all, she uses uh, complicated words, complicated English. I mean, I, I, mean she, I know she's putting a lot of sense out there, but if you're not patient with her book, with her work, you will you won't go ten pages. No, that's like, me, man. I, I read every sentence twice. <laughs> you're like, like a fucking. <laughs> like, you like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Say it again. No. That's no, but I also I, I also have the same feeling with Adichie's books. Really. So I first read, you guys read Adichie, mm. I think, well, so the, she's a Nigerian author, and she, I think she Chimamanda, hit, no? she hit the shelves, yes, mm. Chimamanda, she hit the shelves with Americana, right? No, Papo Hibiscus. I'm not sure, that, that was technically think, her first book, yeah, but it wasn't the one that hit the international... I think what what blew her up was Americana. Americana. Yeah, but I mean, Purple comes came out first. Yeah. So anyway, what I found... No, half of a yellow sun, sorry. Yeah, so what I found interestingly is that she wrote those books first and then Americana was later. Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a second. Yeah, but then... So basically, Americana talks about... It's, it's the experience of this lady... Nigerian lady in the US and then I think that's that's one of my best books for me yeah but for me so when I read it first it's about I loved it a lot I I loved it so much but then when I went on to read all the other books so for me a topic of race was I I love the way she described it it was so effortless but it was not something that I was I've never thought about or talked about you know but then when I went to, to read other books about this religious 
oppressive father who also is a very liberal figure in the country. Like that impressed me more because I didn't have any understanding of how the sort of context works out. And also, there was no race. No, I mean, <laughs> no, but I mean, and then when I went to read about half of the Yellow Sun, so for me the depth increased uh, up until half of the Yellow Sun, and by that time, American, I still love it as a writing piece. But as the knowledge that I got out of it, it became the shallowest of all for me, because the I'm not saying it, it's true. Yeah, but but I I just love the writing. Like she's a wonderful writer. The way she puts words is just. But then the meaning and the heaviness and the weight and the impact on my life that the books have had, Americana had the least. So I was actually very happy that I read it first. Because then it kind of built up. But when you think of how she wrote it, she didn't write it first. And the reason it blew up first, maybe, is because it's the lowest common denominator. It's like um, it's a more, it's a bigger, it's experience that more people share and more people are able to understand through from different places, not only particularly in Nigeria. Or, you know. So this is coming back to your point about the average consumer. Yeah. So that's also the way you consume <laughs> communication. So like you have to build up and it has to make sense for you. Because, yeah, for some... I, I think I also understand you. Because if at all, uh, for you, because she, in Americana, she's trying to, to tackle like race yeah. accord, according to her view. And for, for a person who has never experienced uh, racial kind of segregation, you won't really relate to what she's saying. Yeah, you will get the story, you feel sorry for her, but you will not understand why she's writing this. Well, I wouldn't yeah. say that. But. Well, probably you understand, but if you if you haven't gone through that experience yourself, it's, and, and or maybe or maybe be in a position like she is. I think your degree, of the, the, your potential degree of understanding is. is I don't not the agree same. because I don't think I've gone through any yeah, religious think, oppression experience or I've gone through civil war experience. So all of these things are not experiences that I've had personally, and then I could empathize with all of them, but some of them had a deeper impact on me because I had less exposure to that understanding. What I mean. No, I guess what I meant to say yeah. is that when whenever the the the, the, the yeah, point of like race is raised. Is that it's it's too sensitive, you know? Yeah. Whenever it's raised anywhere, everyone has a side. Mm -hmm. it, there's no one in the middle. You have a side. You're like there's a side that you will take. You'll be like, okay, me, I think. Well, everyone should be treated the same. Another person will be like, well, people are different, mm -hmm. you know. And if someone wants to treat their person that way, that's their life. Let them live their lives. Mm -hmm. Let us live ours, you know. So. Which brings me back to the Americana is that when you read the book and you hear race, because it's a sensitive topic, to you will be challenged to be able to relate with that because you want to be neutral. But in the real sense is that you don't understand what she's going through, you know. And for someone who is uh, probably going through the same thing with that, this will speak to, to them in a deeper sense. And then when you come to talk about a subject which is not really sensitive, like probably war, uh, maybe uh, family troubles, because everyone has them, uh, it would be very easy for you to understand the story. Because there's no that, that thing of like sensitivity, because you feel that uh, 
or it's maybe not as close to you. yeah it's not as close to you because it's something that everyone goes through and it's normal you know like it's normal to have family problems and wars have been happening I so don't it's think easy for you to understand you know mm-hmm. it's easy for you to understand because there's not that preconceived like notion of like oh shit it's race personal responsibility yeah yeah because sometimes you'll be like ah it's race I'm supposed to feel a certain way, you know. <laughs> you get, you, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. You know? You're like, hey guys, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a racist. I have, I have, I have, I have a few white friends, or I have a few black friends. I'm not racist. You get? Yeah. But deep down, it's, it's sensitive to you. Yeah, you're, you're like, it's not because you are racist, but you just don't understand this Yeah, you just don't understand them, and it's, it's okay, you know. And yeah, which brings I, me back to like with Chinese. Yeah. It's like I I have nothing against Chinese people, but well, well I just don't fuck with them that way, you know. Mm. And if like uh, if someone comes up with a Chinese literal art and is like, "Hey man, you should check out this. It's really nice." I will go and read it with an open mind, but still. There will be that kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah, there's like a bias behind <laughs> yeah. it. I think that's because race and culture are so closely related. Exactly. Because I can have major issues with cultures, and I do yeah. have major issues with certain cultures. And because certain cultures are so, so closely related to specific races, that can come across as being um, racist or something like that. Oh. So, so, for example, I lived in Kuwait for a year and I had a really like it I'm still fucking traumatized from that fucking experience it was just not pleasant place to live now and I was a kid basically I mean I was 20 I was 22 or 3 whatever age I was when I lived there and I remember then going to um, Oman um, for a short stay and having the most spectacular and beautiful experience the people were gorgeous the culture was amazing and I remember thinking, thank fuck for this experience. Because if I hadn't had it, I was going to fly out of this part of the world with a really, really terrible taste in my mouth about the Middle East, the Middle East and Muslims in general. Mm-hmm. But, but really, what, had, what I was associating with that race was really this, this kind of m- more microculture of Kuwait, which has had, you know, arguably tons of reasons i won't bore you with the history but there's tons of reasons for um their culture to have turned quite toxic in the past 70 80 years and it has to be quite honest um but so i think that that's why um it's not like 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 some people just link that so closely all of a sudden it comes across as well actually some people are just obviously blank racists but um but I think that that's it. That's my point. So I don't think we've got a problem with the Chinese as a people. No, no, no but in China, there's no difference between race and culture. Which is <laughs> a great point. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we are one Chinese. Well, well yeah. we are one Chinese. Exactly. What, what do you mean? What do you mean you are you are you are different? Does that mean are you that Chinese or if, not? If you have an issue yeah. with the Chinese culture, which I which I do in some senses, does that make you know I, the argument that yeah. there's no difference between race and culture? If you have an issue with the Chinese culture, that then makes you racist. Arguably, well, that's how they. That's how but, they. But you see, the Chinese people have like such a deep culture. Is that if you come with your preconceived notion, is like, uh, okay, these people are supposed to be like this. You miss the point, mm-hmm. you know. And and before when I was, I I I before I learned the language and I learned the culture and mm-hmm. how it goes about, 
I was ignorant. I just used to see Chinese as they I'm like, why do people live like this? You know, it was bothering me, you know. But then when I get to understand them, I'm like, wow, it's actually interesting that, you know, because you, you see you see people like moving from one place to another. It's like they're like robots, you know, but <laughs> but it's, it's, it's it has a way of like. I, I, I see it as a machine. I feel like they're all part of, of like one big movement more so. Do you know what I mean? They're all working. Yeah. But that's the mentality that the that the government has kind of instilled or installed, you could argue, which is that they're, like they're like for example, I was talking to a friend today who was explaining how fucking hard it is for young Chinese women to have kids nowadays because they have now the new or recent laws are that if you have kids, you they have at two years old they have to go to pre kindergarten, which costs money. Jeez. to learn fucking oh, all yeah. sorts of god knows what mm-hmm. and then after that you gotta go to kindergarten this is the law which, Wait, this is the new two? two years old wow Wait, this is a law there's no this, this, is what, this is what I've heard today I haven't looked in but this is a Chinese girl telling me like this is what happens you, you do at two years old you have to go to pre-kindergarten to learn um, and then you have to pass tests to get from there to kindergarten. And what age? So you go. So I guess what you're there for two. You're, if you're there at two, what you're there until four. So you're still fresh out, basically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then, so this is her. Her point is basically like it's, it's conditioning so it's, from like two. Exactly, and then the pressure. So then you've got you know, men and women between the age of twenty five and forty who are like, fuck, I can't afford this shit. And and then you've got um, but but the her point then was that what's the cost of this is enormous mental um, pressure pressure on mental health of a certain generation of Chinese people, and then my point was does that like what what the government seems to be I fucking hate I'm really ignorant by the way as well I don't do enough reading on this so I'll just take everything with a pinch of salt, <laughs> yeah. but but basically um, the like what the government seems to do here is they are kind of saying, okay, you are the people, you should make sacrifices for our progress kind of thing. Does that make sense? But the ultimate yeah. target here is right. that we progress, we rise, we yeah. are the power, and everyone, are we all kind of in this together? And they kind of then don't listen for the answer, like, no, but like, okay, we're in it, let's go, you're all right. in, no no questions no asked. Um, whereas in other parts of the world, I guess people kind of see it as the government is there to support the people and whereas here, I feel like the people are here to support the government. But I'm sense. not. Uh, I don't. I can. Tr- I can relate to that sort of mentality a lot because I think that's the kind of mentality that they call my part of the world. The former Soviet, Soviet days. Yeah. yeah. There is. There is even an author from Belarus, and she is. Um, she basically she coined this word. What happened? I don't know what this is. And it's a book, guys. <laughs> Oh, oh, like you guys. <laughs> that's a very, that's a very hard kind of But I think, you know, if you look at the Chinese down to the families, you will get to see that they are really fucking human. Yeah, they're interested, they have feelings yeah, too, you know. Yeah. Can I go back to the Soviet thing, yeah. which I feel is very relatable in this way? So she, she, she said that there's this sort of mentality which is Homo Sovieticus, there's this Soviet person. And that even my mom, she often uses this phrase. When she will say something, I was like, oh, don't tell me this. I don't understand. I'm a Soviet person. Literally, Soviet Union collapsed when she was young. Like, she was not really living in the Soviet Union that much. And I was not born in the Soviet Union. But I can still understand what a Soviet mentality is. Still fresh. Yeah. And then 
but at the same time if you think about it that was also the time for all amazing like self-expression and people doing revolutionary art and like that was also the time when all of these things happened so i think um the fact that the 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 overall group culture is this way doesn't define the way individuals are and that's what i find a lot like i tell people i don't sometimes i don't like to be in the groups of russian speaking people because i think the group culture is toxic but individuals are the deepest humans i've known like we've had very soulful conversations we connect over a lot of things but when we're in a group there's just the tendency to put out very toxic things mm. Like your opinions about the LCD, the the lowest common denominator rearing its head again. So, and then it's kind of considered to be okay because I think in that Soviet time and then now also in our governments, like the leaders are not held accountable for all of the stupid opinions that they put out. So it's just a thing. Like if you're in a group, you can put out (laughs) all of your radical opinions. Mm. That's normal. And you have to express them, right? You have to have bad jokes and, and other people need to laugh at them. Like there is no focus on individual. That's why I find it very toxic. But then when you talk to individual people, you'll be like, what do you believe in? And there'll be just three bad apples in this whole group that are just making the whole thing toxic. But everyone else doesn't agree with them. And then sometimes in other cultures, people will just not discuss this sensitive things in groups. And then in groups, they'll be very supportive. They'll be like all vibing on the same level. But then you talk to them personally and you're like, damn, this person has opinions that I completely don't agree with. And then you'll be like, yeah, I probably wouldn't chill with this person, but I would love to be in a group with them because their group culture is different. My problem with social media is that everyone thinks they have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, and the fact That's that they don't think yeah. about what they're putting out before yeah. they actually put it. I mean, I see, some, I see sometimes I, uh, I read some stuff on, on media, I'm like, and this person was hurt because they told her this. I'm like, what? You were hurt because someone called you? <laughs> like, I read somewhere last time, is that, oh, this, uh, which actor was it? Because he used uh, this tense, he, like, when he was addressing both uh women and men mm. so the guys were like no you see the guy is a sexist he doesn't even respect women they started digging old stuff <laughs> <laughs> cancel culture mm. <laughs> yeah but that's the thing like your threshold of accepting things the soviet mentality which is also co- common in a lot of african countries i think the mm. way things were arranged politically that mentality just tells you you know your threshold should be higher you should take more shit and you don't speak out and i think that's the thing people are like it's fine you know this is not a thing that's going to disturb me i'm going to be strong and do my own stuff but then in some other places your own opinion has mattered for longer so the threshold is lower you'll be like i'm not going to accept this because i didn't accept it yesterday a week ago a year ago 10 years ago it has been like this my opinion has to matter while in other places it never mattered so now people are like, well, you know, I won't die. Why care about this? This doesn't really traumatize me. But which, which poses a question. Does your opinion really matter? <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. At the end of the day, it does. The I mean, does. in the grand scheme of things, it's your opinion. No, it's, it's, never gonna <laughs> it's, not, it's never going to change anything. You know? Well, in terms of expression, it matters because everyone has like 
you know an opportunity mm. to express how they feel but as a person who like has common sense you have to think about what effects going to have like exactly. once you put it out because you know with words and opinions it's not something you can easily withdraw mm. and with social media it's like once you put it out people it's are going to start looking at it yeah so you have to be uh as much as you have like that freedom of expression you have to think about what's going to happen after you express yourself in a certain way there's freedom of speech no freedom after oh. speech yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's, that's let's, the thing. let's watch the five minutes and then go back to the china context and how we like you know we consider their perception okay so to ask you guys about two things right um he said this phrase that this the way we see things is not natural or random or sudden it's it's also a question of habit and convention so i wanted us to look a little bit on into ourselves and try to understand why we see things the way we see what's the sociology behind that what's the habit and convention that you think formed your perception or at least affects it in a certain way when we were talking about like the way we resonate with different experiences um experiences where we can relate to things how much we can empathize and the other thing was the context right how it changes the way people perceive you and then maybe you can go back and reflect on what you were saying when you're playing in soy or in modernista and which hour who comes and who happens to be there and how that context twists your story that you're trying to tell and are you aware of it are you using it to your advantage or like are you aware of that and what are you doing about it and if you're not maybe we can i think um well to, uh, to give uh, an example from my perspective is that uh, mm. sometimes i play different according to the kind of scene i'm in so how do you now for example if i if i if i had a if i had a guitar in this kind of setting and i'm i'm asked to sing a song uh I'll most probably won't sing a, a happy song mm. You know, in this kind of sense, or maybe it won't be sad, but it won't be jumpy and all yeah. that. It'll be kind of laid back and all that because of the setting it has, uh-huh. and which will take me back to modern Eastern soy. Mm. Like the kind of energy that I will give in soy is different from the kind of uh, energy I'll give in modernista. Mm. Because when I go to modernista, first of all. I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll be biased already. Okay. I'm like these people are going to come here so to see sad. this. <laughs> they are going to come I here to see this. They are here because the place is catching. Everyone knows it. Yeah. And maybe they are here because of habit. This one, this is where they come every Saturday. But they're not coming here specifically to come and see you. Yeah. But which is a different case in Soy because when we put up a show, people will actually come come and see that for the show yeah for the show most of the people at least they will come to see that but uh, for modernista it's different because the place is known everywhere so i can give it any day i can just go to modernista just have a drink and there's people a band have the expectation of the band yeah, being there and the band they playing there it, they take it for granted and the band playing there will be a, by the way <clears throat> I'm like oh i want to have a drink oh, and yeah. there it was, was a nice there yeah, was a nice yeah. band playing You know, there will not be any kind of uh, importance to 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 what these guys are doing to me. 
There might have been five people yeah. beside me having a full-on conversation while the music is playing. Exactly, you know? you know, and which is a different case. So we, to go back to the way we see things, mm. is that, um, for example, I, me personally, I do not really understand paintings. I would like to. I don't really understand them. I, I see. The, to me, according to me, it's like I don't have that uh, the culture. Maybe, or maybe the the, 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 the grooming. No, maybe because yeah. there is this standard that you have to understand it some complicated way. But maybe you could just read it the way you feel. Like, how do you feel in this room? But you could say yeah, exactly. how do you feel about the painting, and that is understanding. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Is that uh, for me when I'm looking at uh, a painting, I'll see it as it is. As for an artist like who does painting like Val, she'll be looking for something else. Like she'll be looking for maybe some details, somewhat a mm. like ah, it was a bit rushing here. You know, me who doesn't know, I'll just be like, uh, you don't have to understand it the way I understand. It. Of course, I'm, I'm just trying to, to like explain to you the, the way of seeing, you know, the way of seeing. Like, uh, for example, uh, I'll give an example for poetry because that's when I understand it. Uh, for poetry, it is really, really subjective. You know, someone can write three lines. Just three, and those three lines that uh, someone writes, I'll, I'll read them and I'll extract too much depth in them, and then someone will just see them as just sentences, just put together. Like I was walking on the street, I met this person, and he died. Just that, but then some other person will look at it and they're like, "Wow," they will get some depth in it. So. The way we see things, probably sometimes it's it's on uh, on what you continuously feed your mind, or maybe Habit what and convention. Yeah, yeah, like what you continue. Like for example, for music, what the music you continuously listen to. Like if someone brings for you something different, you be like, yeah, oh. it's nice, but it's not better than house. It's not. <laughs> maybe it sounds very fresh to you, so you're more interested. Yeah, but then again, you be like. It's good. I like it. I like the humans as creatures of habit. Yeah, but you you go back and you're like, I see what I listen to. But this, but this comes back to, I think the the topic at hand of like, like the amount of effort you actually have to put in. Yeah, to, to learn, appreciate something new to you. So if you can, if you can actually pinpoint what is it that piqued your interest. Yeah, but that's the point, right? So if you put if we put ourselves in this average ignorant consumer, right? And I don't think the average are ignorant. Uh, they just very yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what I mean, what you said, I don't think your interest. Right? <laughs> so if you put yourself, maybe in, not. Put yourself in a position of the things you say you don't understand, like painting, art, right? So you come and you'll be like, what would pique your interest there? And then if you try to take your feeling in that room. And put it on the people who come to listen to the music. Like, do you think there's anything similar in the way you feel about things? Is there a sort of... So, what I think is, uh, when he was talking about the reproduction of art, and I think in general, the digital, like, social media and all of that, the, the accessibility is much more common. Even even this gathering, right? It was. It took... The idea comes from... Parisian aristocratic salons for like a very bougie, rich, exclusive 
communities. But now I can see with the grapes. <laughs> see, we can do this, right? But the point is that it shows that now you don't have to have a particular background, heritage, family history, or whatever, to do art or to be interested in it or to interpret it somehow or to have a say in it which I think is great, but there's still a certain level of exclusivity, which is you feel uncomfortable and you're like, I don't really know paintings. I'm like, and you are an artist, you know? So there's still a certain level, certain barrier, which is not class anymore, yeah. but it's something else. There's some sophistication that you're supposed to get and you're not mm. getting, like, what is it that you're not getting? So this is... It's both exposure or grooming, like someone said, or grooming, or, or it's also there's an element of, of the individual at play as well. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. feel like. But, but what do you mean by grooming? Well, I mean that I. What is grooming? I feel like my taste, <laughs> there is a major reflection of my taste in my mother's taste. I'm sure of that. So that is then by grooming, it sounds to me like you're talking about uh, socialization. Um, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I mean, my op- I mean, my taste in patterns, imagery, textures is um, is different. It's learned um, yeah. to a degree, but there's also, That's for example, if there was, you know, and they did with so many studies with twins because yeah. because there's, it's so fucking interesting. But if my if I did have a twin who had the same like you know as similar a grooming as possible and as similar an upbringing as possible, yeah. he wouldn't have the exact same. Mm. Sense of texture, patterns, color, imagery. So, the, so, so there experience. is there yeah. There's the individual at play as well as the um, but nature and nurture. Yeah. That that's it, right? Like like, and I would say, but <laughs> the theme of the night being average consumer. I would say I'm certainly that when it comes to um, poetry, um, because, and I have I I have um. Now I probably threw myself in the deep end a bit. I don't know. I probably don't read Yeats. Maybe you've heard of I Yeats. Know Yeats yeah. Um and so he, but his his fucking poetry is like it's fucking. I don't know. For me, it's hard. Like I'm fucking lost. I swear when I'm reading, <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm reading most of the time. Like I'm more than anything trying to sound out the words. Like I'm in fucking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's because I, I'm doing it because I'm trying to improve, literally trying to improve my, my reading skills. Yeah. That's why I'm doing it. I'm reading out loud. I'm trying to just challenge myself from that context. But I don't know what I'm reading. And that would be, and that would be me if I'm reading poetry. Now I probably should go back and, and try and appreciate it more. And I, and I, I would like to, but, um, but, but I can like, my point I guess is that I can certainly relate to the average consumer. Now, I would say, well, if I'm at a gig in Modernista, I'm one of the, I'm one of the, the interested ones. I would say I'm one of the more interested ones. Typically, I'm typically, I'm typically <laughs> at the front. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm Ish. certainly dancing. And, and I, and, but, but. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this was never meant for your ears, but. I've recently been struggling with motivation and finding an outlet for creativity and actually being creative. And in case you have been as well, because this pandemic fucked up your 2020 plans, I would like to welcome you to listen to this, part one of Ways of Seeing, an artist's salon recorded in the Flatlands 
of Beijing Shunyi, November 2019.